All right. Well, hey, thank you everyone for joining us. And this is our inaugural episode of Thursday Throwdown between myself, Epic Comicology, and Doyle Comic Art is the moderator. Yeah, it's, it's 12 rounds of comic goodness. And we're going to kick it off right now. All right. Well, thank you guys and everyone for, for joining us tonight. This is the first episode of Thursday Throwdown, and we picked a really good episode to kick things off. We're doing variant comics, and we're not we're not limiting it to any sort of variant. This is just variants uh, in general. So whether you want to argue store, ratio, newsstand, otherwise, it's up to you. Uh, a little bit about this is that uh, Epic Comicology, Taj, and I have prepared for both sides of the argument. We want to make sure that we, uh, we're we not biased. Yeah, there you go. In fact, let me move my screen down a little bit. Uh, we were not biased in what we uh, were arguing. And so we didn't want to be you know, biased towards the pro or the con. So we prepare for both sides of the argument. And our boy, Doyle, who's yeah. joining us now. What's up, Doyle? <laughs> Doyle so, uh, is going to be the moderator who's going to help with uh, comments. He's going to help with, um, you know, making sure we we get to you guys as well after we make our arguments. But he's also going to be the coin flipper for this, and he's going to let us know who will be arguing the pro side of uh, variants are good for comics, and the con side that variants are not good for for comics. So uh, with that, I would like Doyle to flip the coin, and the resulting the resulting heads or tails. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll choose for epicomicology and I will do the opposite. So let's, uh, how about we do heads is pro tails is con, and that will decide what Taj is. All right. It's heads. Heads. All right. So Taj, you are, oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, so Taj is going to be pro variants and I will be con variants. And, uh, all right. I think, I think I have my work. Cut out to lay a solid foundation. I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. So, uh, Taj, with that, what do it's uh, since I'm the con, I get to choose first or second. Yeah, if you want to go, if you want to go first, or if you want to seed the argument to, to me and see, hear what I'm going to say. I would I would like to seed the argument to you, and I will let you go first for the pro, um, and then I will be the respondent in this. Okay. And so, uh, Doyle, you're going to be off camera for a little bit, just so that way we can have the focus on, on Taj right now. And uh, we're going to, we're going to limit this to uh, five minutes. And uh, you know, if you end a little bit before, that's perfectly fine. But it, once you get close to that five minute mark, we're going to let you know. And uh, we're gonna yeah. that way we try and keep this short and simple. Chris is with us. Thank you so much, Chris. Let's get ready to rumble. That's right, Thursday throwdown. And here we go. Okay, he's got a timer. This is gonna be official. May the comic collector. I love finding high ratios for cover price. Well, we're gonna find <laughs> out whether it is worth it or not. So, uh, with that, Taj, uh, whenever you're ready, we can start. And, and I want to hear these pro arguments. All right, ready, set, ready. Go. All right, so here it goes. So first, let's uh, let's lay out some details. First, we have to say 
that over the last 20 years or so, the number of sales of comic books have stayed relatively stable, all right? And during that time period, the prices have generally increased per comic book, uh, with a couple of exceptions, like Image, for example. Also, we've seen an increase in trade paperbacks over the same time period. So all of these are emphasizing a couple of different things, that both the, the storyline of the comic is important, the art of the comic is important, and the collectability is, is important. So if we all agree that those are the fundamentals of comic book collecting, each one of those, then we can move on to the, to the rest of the arguments. <laughs> so we also know that there's a number of different arguments, right? We have, or a number of different variant covers. We have multiple covers of cover A, B, C, D of the main cover. We also have ratio incentives that can go from one to 10 all the way up to one for 500 or so. We have store exclusive covers, and then we have second prints, which we can argue are variants of the, the same cover. All right, now having said both of those, we have to define what worth it is. So we kind of left this uh, up in the air and said, uh, are, are comic book variants worth it? So what areas could it possibly worth it? Well, there's two in specific. specific. At the individual level, are, the, are those comics a good long-term investment? You know, Going back to those three areas of collecting. Does it also enhance your joy of the hobby? That's another big one. So that way, let's say you're just doing it for yourself. Who cares about the long-term value? Does it make you more fulfilled later on by collecting multiple variants of the same cover? Then let's take a look at the community level. So at the community level, does it build the community and foster the hobby in general? And is it profitable for the artists, the creators, and the retailers, both on the short-term and the long-term, and then last, is it sustainable? So can increasing the number of comics uh, be sustainable? So we've definitely seen that the, the recent interest in variant covers. And just to highlight that, I, I came up with something called a comic per issue ratio. So let's take Venom, a very, a very uh, popular comic that we all kind of follow, volumes one through four. Volume one, 2003, 2004, 18 covers, 18, 18 issues, one comic per comic variant per issue. Venom volume two, 2011 to 2013, 68 covers for 42 issues. That's 1.6, we're starting to see it creep up. Volume three, which is 2016 to 2018, or 2016, 2018, 132 covers for 21 issues. That's 6.3 covers per issue, all right? Volume four, up till, issue 25 is 242 covers for 25 issues. We're now up to 9.7 covers per issue, not including number 26, which has about 10, 10 variants, I think, in counting that we've seen so far. So there's definitely a demand. I mean, to me, that shows if you have a supply and demand, there's a growing interest from the artist level of having the different art. Uh, a lot of people are not only following those storylines, they're following their favorite artists. I know that I have my favorite artists, anything by Peach Momoko or Clayton Crane, I'm buying up. Uh, people are following the same way. So people, let's say, normally wouldn't buy a specific series. Let's say they're not a Venom reader, but they see one of their favorite artists, Peach Momoko, do a, a variant cover for Venom 26. And they say, you know what? I'm gonna pick up Venom 26. And hey, I'm gonna you know, read it during that time period too. And hey, actually I like this. Then they're gonna read it and decide that maybe that's a series that they like. So it might expand the interests of, of collectors for the long term. So 
I think when you think at it at an individual level, you have that benefit of the additional covers, the artists that you like to follow, the excitement of getting those different variants. Uh, and from a, a collectability standpoint, Huppies loves the rarity of the covers. We have a top variant Tuesday hashtag that we like to flag. And we all brag about the unreleased cover art that we snagged up on FOC before anybody else got it. And often those low print variant covers can be significantly valuable down the road. Take for instance, the Venom volume three, second, third, fourth print, or even some of the recent spawn covers like covers D of 306 and 307, where their art wasn't released and people grabbed them at the last second and were super stoked to have them. And now those cover prices are, are 10 times what they were at the 299 value when they are released. So as long as the, the market will continue to produce those variant covers, and as long as the demand, which these numbers in the industry are showing, there's a huge demand for variant covers, then, then people are gonna uh, continue to purchase them and we're gonna continue to see this uh, interaction between the demand, the creators, the community, all benefiting from having the multiple different variants that are available. All right, I see it. <laughs> I yield time remaining. There are no, there's no time remaining to yield. All right, all right. Well, very, very well, very well said. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. I may want to use some of your statistics in my in my rebuttal. So, with that, do you happen to have a total print run, or do you just have covers per covers per issue? So I have the total. I have the print run of only the first issues of Venom, uh, Volume Three through Volume Four. And if you'd like those to have you for your argument, they went Venom Number One, Volume Two, sixty-five thousand six hundred. Volume Three, ninety thousand one thirty-eight. Volume Four, two hundred twenty-five thousand seven eighty-two. Uh, and an average for numbers twenty-three to to 25 of volume four was about 45,000 per issue to give you an idea. So uh, volume 20 or uh, number 25 of volume four, the last one that came out is about 20,000 less than what volume two issue one was, which was 65,000. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Hey, <clears throat> all great arguments. I don't, I don't know that uh, I think those were all arguments that I would have made as well. So I think that was that was very good. And Manny said something about picking up Silver Surfer Black number four, one in twenty five variant for twenty five dollars at his LCS, buddy. I don't know where your your comic shop guy has been. Uh, <laughs> Taj will give you thirty dollars for it. <laughs> to win. Uh, okay, so very well done. And uh, my turn for the rebuttal, and I'm going to go ahead and start my time whenever. Are you ready, Taj? Yeah, you want me to time you too? Oh yeah, you know what? I'll let you time me so that way you can be the official timekeeper. All right. All right. Let me. When you can start whenever you want. All right. Ready? Go. All right. So before we begin, I'd like to. I have some graphics to display, and this is <laughs> this is the perks of <laughs> having it be on your channel. Um, it's more it's more visual aid than display, but I think it's an important factor. So the first variant comic, and I cover both of our faces because Man of Steel is much better, but this is the first variant comic that was done by, D by DC. Taj, we can see flexing on the other side of it, though. It's not fully covered. <laughs> so this was the uh, the first variant comic that was put out by DC that was a an 
intentional variance. And it was done so with the one on the right-hand side with the barcode being for newsstand and the one on the left hand being for the direct market. And that was specifically with reason and uh, by design to sell double the copies. This was, this was an important issue and DC wanted to sell as many copies as they could. So they said, why not do it by, by adding another cover and getting people to have to buy it twice? Well, uh, while this is a momental, monumental moment in that being the first variant, it, it did not affect the story or the coverage of the comic. And this happened again a little bit later with Justice League. And it the difference here being the top left DC and the top right Superman comics, which was an idea of DC at the time to change the logo. And so they wanted to do some, some uh, brand testing. It did not work. Now, what is interesting about this is that the Superman comic one on the right-hand side with the logo on the top left, it got hot out of the gates. It jumped up to $50 or more at conventions not soon, not too long after it was released. Now it is down to about $10 ungraded online. Uh, so whether or not the value the, the value has gone up that much, it has ebbed and flowed a lot. Now, the point of it is, is that the the uh, issue or the why they did it was to make money. It was not to do anything other than to sell more copies. And what you do with these variants is actually you dilute the ability for people to enjoy the cover A. You are now uh, you're now minimizing the effect of of cover A as being relegated to a quote reader copy, right? Because everyone wants the cover B, they want the ratio covers, they want the variants, they want the bamokos, right? And and Tatasha's point about uh, you know, getting a, a Momoko cover because it is issue number 26 and it is one that you want to get and, and maybe you haven't been reading Venom and now it might might pique your interest. Well, to my, my argument to that is that whoever's doing that is not reading that issue. They're doing it to collect the cover art and they would never risk the 9.8, 9.6 potentiality for it by reading it, what they would do is if they were interested in it, they would go buy a cover A. So now we are relegating these cover A's to be nothing more than, than reader copies. Um, and we minimize their importance. Whereas if we get, if we do not have these variants ratio store or otherwise, we now bring back to prominence these cover A's. The cover A's would now have more value. We talk about value increase in relation because you know ratios have a a rarity disparity due to the fact that they have to order x amount so now when you require that a store orders x amount of a cover a or regular price cover b to get one of these ratios you are diminishing the potential value of that cover a now if you remove that ratio cover a's and print runs would go down yes but now you are valuing the art on the cover a and you're also allowing the value of the conflict to increase as well. We've seen that across the board. There were not variants back in the day with Hulk 181s, with Amazing Spider-Man 300s, with uh, all these other iconic issues. And they sold extremely well because, again, like you said, it's about the art, the story, and the collectability. And by introducing these variants, you are reducing the collectability of these cover A's that would otherwise be a much more prominent factor rather than being relegated to uh, dollar bin boxes and reader copies uh, because they no longer have that 
that intrinsic value now that we have introduced other copies to uh, to the community for purchase. Yes. Ten right seconds. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, All right. well that that was that was good. I think that uh, that was great and great. So and, I, and I appreciate Taj going first and allowed me to piggyback off of and and kind of attack some of those those arguments that that you had. Um, so do yeah. I get like a two or three minute rebuttal? What did we agree that we were going to do on this? Yeah, you know what? Since we we went through it pretty quick, and you know what, guys, whoever's watching, if you're still in this. Uh, you know, go ahead and comment. Comment if you agree with us. Comment if you disagree with us. If you have a different argument or a different rationale for either pro or con, throw it down there and we'll put it up. And maybe we can kind of do some back and forth and kind of and, and have a kind of uh, dovetail from there. But yeah, I think I think it's important. And with everything, we need to have a rebuttal. And I don't want to just you know walk away victorious without giving you a chance to try and redeem yourself. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do a, a, a what do you say? You know what? Do, do let's do three minutes. Yeah, and if we need less, then we can we can yield uh, the remainder of our time. But for for you know for now, let's go ahead and do three minutes, and and you can uh, you can rebut. Okay. Yeah. Do I get a rebuttal to your rebuttal though? I I think we're gonna have we I think we're gonna have open discussion hopefully after this, and we can we can put them all. On. Well, I don't know. Maybe if you want to rebuttal to my rebuttal, we'll see. Well, I, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I don't mind letting you have the last word. It's just I had one more thing I wanted to use that you said that uh, <laughs> I forgot to to use in my my initial <laughs> response. <laughs> you have fifteen seconds. I have fifteen seconds. You had fifteen seconds. Okay, I want my, can I have my fifteen seconds back? Yeah, you can have them back afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay, afterwards. I yield my 15 seconds. I want mine after your rebuttal. The gentleman from Florida. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ahead. Okay. Take take three minutes in, uh, and respond. Okay. All right, go. So I just wanted to circle back on one of the comments you made about the reader copy. So within that, let's unpack that. Basically, you, you then just agree that we're increasing sales that those original attempts by DC to increase sale numbers are indeed now working in the present market. The cover art has become such a hot commodity in the industry that people are buying multiple covers and, and not just cheap you know, versions of the, the cover A's and cover B's. People are spending 20, 50, 75, $150 for, for ratio variants or exclusives on these covers. And that's feeding back into the market. So, one thing, the one of the things that I laid out, so does it enhance your, your enjoyment in the hobby? And I would say it does. You're getting after those covers. You like those artists. You're collecting them. There's completionists among us who love getting all the different variants that are available. And you sit back and then, then you say, wow, I, I got my the hottest variants from my hottest arms in there. And at the same time, that adds into the other part, which is what does this do to the industry overall? So as an industry level, we're increasing sales, which then go back to the artists, the creators, to hopefully invest more money into the storylines, uh, the art, making more uh, involved and more detailed or more expensive uh, runs of their comics over time. And I think that that then adds to the sustainability. So at, over time, uh, the interest in these covers, the market itself will dictate what it wants. The reason why there's so many covers is because we, the consumers, are buying them. We buy multiple versions. I have four myself of, of Venom 25. I know people out there that probably have 10 or more. We're, we're creating the demand, and the retailers and the creators are supplying that demand. 
So eventually, perhaps we'll we'll even out at an equilibrium to to increase that sustainability. But right now, that's really what's uh, driving the excitement in the market. People are talking about their variants that they're getting. Uh, it's increasing the collectability, which is increasing the secondary market. And I think all of those things are are adding to the to the excitement in the hobby, which is really uh, increasing the the profitability for the creators and artists, which is a great thing, uh, especially right now when they're not having that secondary income. And it's also increasing the longevity of of the hobby and hopefully increasing the value of some of these variants down the road. All right. Well, that was that was a good rebuttal, and, and uh, I think that was that was good on the enjoyment of the hobby. I think that was that was a good one on increasing enjoyment of the hobby. Uh, all right. You know what? I don't need my fifteen seconds. We'll, we can move it to a, an open discussion, and I can just bring it up there because it'll take me more than fifteen seconds to say what I want to say. Um, but yeah, it, you know, guys watching, please comment if you're watching this at a later date and, uh, you know, please let us know your thoughts in the comments below. And then if you're here with us now, please comment in the live feed with us and, uh, let us know what your thoughts are, what your opinions are. And we can, we'd love to discuss them with you and hear your thoughts as well, because everyone's got a different opinion on this. And that's kind of why we discussed this today. Um, you know, what, let's bring, let's bring Doyle back in. I feel, <laughs> I feel bad. He's been hiding behind the curtains there. Um, I feel yeah, like I so, should be talking to like an audience, you know, like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Go, uh, if we may open this to a, a discussion. Uh, the, I thought, okay, you had some great statistics and great points. And, and the one that I want to jump into first, and the one that I was going to go towards my, my last rebuttal is the covers per issue. Now the covers per yeah. issue you said have, have gone from one to one to nine to one. Now people aren't yeah. reading nine copies of one issue. You can only read the issue once and having more copies of it doesn't increase your ability to read it. Now I want to, I want to propose something that's, that's quite, I don't, I don't want to say controversial, but it is an interesting idea because when you buy a ratio variant, right, you're buying it strictly for the cover art. You're buying it just because you like that new image that's on there. Now, what if, um, what if Marvel instead started doing instead of variant uh, covers, they did variant prints, wh which were quite literally a print. It's not the comic book itself. It's literally just like what we usually get prints. And in order to get one of these prints, it's a, you know, you have to order 10 of them to get it. Would that still sell and create the same demand? Or is it something that has to be intrinsically connected to the comic book itself in order to have uh, value. So I think that <laughs> that's intriguing. I have prints myself. If they were ratio prints, it would be an interesting aspect. I think the issue is, is that you're missing out on, so for example, Venom 20, I mean, Venom 25 and 26 are just prominent right now that they serve as great example. So you have within that, the cover art, the rarity of the ratio variants, and also the events that happen in the comic. So you have the comic that says first appearance of so-and-so or first cameo of so-and-so. So if you just had a print, you would be missing that piece, that component of it. Now, I, now, and I, and I, I agree with you and I thought about that too. I thought, okay, you know, okay. yes, because we want the ratio cover because of the rarity and the cover art, we think it's cool. Um, but also, like you said, we want that into. You got to echo. 
Oh, I got an echo. I got an echo. Unplug and plug back in. All right, hold on a second. All right, how about now? Good. Good. All right, thank you. Yep. So, yeah, we were talking about um, having the content inside of it, right? Because if it if it has a a character's first appearance, let's say it it's, it gives you that extra marketability by having uh, the 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 rare the rarer print cover, but also the content with inside it. But if I gave you a comic book, 9.8, whatever, ratio variant, how do you know there's nothing but white pages inside that comic book? Right? Sure. Because what we're looking at is we want the cover and then we want that little that little notation on the label or whatever it's attached to. You'll never look inside of it. I don't care. I don't you'll because again, you'll buy the cover A. I don't care if it is a one in 500 and it's the first appearance of a character. We're never going to look open that one in 500 and go, Oh, yep. There it is. It's there, <laughs> right? You're going to close it. You're going to, you're going to either put it in a mylar and keep it raw. Right. I'm not saying you have to have it graded or you're going to grade it and have that, that notation say it's the first appearance or first cameo or whatever the case is. And, uh, and that's, that's the importance, right? So now if we just remove it and we're like, Hey, Stop printing, you know, thousands upon thousands of extra copies of a book that no one's going to read. They're only they're either going to read it in a in a trade paperback that comes out months later. They're going to read it online uh, through Comic uh, Comicsology or um, Marvel Unlimited or whatever the case may be, or they're going to buy a discounted book or you know a reader copy. I I I've been thinking about that. Well, I I was thinking about that while we were doing our research on this. And I was trying to figure out what is the value of these, you know, why, why aren't they just prints? I know it's to say how many copies are, but that cop, how many copies is kind of rather nebulous, right? Like it's kind of like. Let me pose the counterfactual being, would you buy a one for 500? And actually they do exist. So would you buy a one for 500 blank cover? Right. And, and I mean, they, they, they exist. There's some, um, the, the mortal Hulk, right. At the green one, that was a, that was one a one in 200. And that was still collectible. Right. And a lot of people were after that cover for commissions and other things. But well, I guess what I'm trying to say is you remove the cover art would still, would people still buy the, the ratio variants just because it's seemingly rarer. Again, if I would have still same, same premise, right. Instead of having to be a ratio cover that's just blank, a ratio print that's just blank, right? But it still is attached to that issue that would still say Venom 25, right? So it's the, I'm saying it's the exact same thing. Instead of having interior pages, it's just a flat print. I'm stuck. I'm sitting here trying to think because I'm an artist and I collect because of the art. I don't, because you know, I don't read. So it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> Doyle, you're not making our, uh, our, our Floridians look good, man. We can read them no, down here. <laughs> no, okay. So here's here's my thought. Here's my thought on everything so far. I think the variants are a great idea because, like Taj was saying, it does bring a different audience. You have your people who are your artificiados that collect, like me, specifically for the art. I got five uh, short boxes, all art, you know, style work that I buy specifically because of the art. That's it. Um, 
Do I go into it and look in the interiors? Not at all. So yeah, if they were prints, then yeah, then that's what it is. But how do you change everyone so used to collecting comic books to prints? You wouldn't be able to do that. So right off the bat, it would have to start off as prints or else no one's going to to buy into the print situ uh you know the print ratios i think it's a great idea if they would have done it from the beginning it would have saved a lot of paper and just you know it, it money for not only for for uh for us to spend because it'd be a lot cheaper but also for the uh for marvel and dc you know paying for printing and whatnot um and it'd be cheaper for the comic book stores as well to order you know because the you know cost materials and whatnot um I think I, I think some people don't buy all the ratios, you know, like like you were saying, Ryan, I only buy the ones that I think are awesome, you know, and what you think is awesome versus what Taj is totally different. So having multiple print ratios in uh, store incentives and variants, I think is fantastic. But I think there needs to be a cap on it because then it gets too crazy. And then there's, it, like you said, it dilutes the whole, it dilutes everything when there's too much of it. And yeah, you can still have the one in 500, but not everyone's getting the one in 500. And you know that just as well as I do. Maybe, maybe like 10 years from now when the book is worthless and it's like, oh yeah, I remember wanting that. Now I can buy it. But when it's hot, not like there's not a lot of people that are able to even afford a one in 500 if it's a if it's a really popular book, you know, so at that point, yes, they will buy cover A because they they need to read it first of all, and then they'll buy something different, you know. Um, that's kind of where I stand on that. I think there needs to be a cap. I don't think. And I'm gonna go out on a and say that you end up doing more blank cover commissions than you do prints, right? I mean, that's just the the status of the field of the industry right now. I mean, it's a uniqueness. It's a uniqueness. Like I can get a print and I can go get a photocopy, a high definition, expensive printer or a copy or scanner, whatever. And I can have my own print and say, Hey Taj, here you go. Hey Ryan, here you go. Guess what? We all have one in five hundreds. Yeah. Mine's an original, but guess what? With the great printer, you can never tell the difference. So you frame it and then, and then what? Yeah. Well, you again, know, but you can't copy a comic book and go get it slapped. You got to get it. So now you're creating that hunt and that where what Taj was saying. They 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 certify. You know they they'll um, they'll do prints now. I, I know that you know they they do witnessing signature witnessing for prints. Yeah, I you have know, I have a, right. a Bill Sinkevich that Moon Knight number one one in seventy five variant they did that's signed and sketched by him that is encapsulated by CGC or not it is and it has that verification on there and stuff, but. Um, Right. But you know, so yeah, I mean, logistically, I mean, is that's, I mean, that that's beyond what I'm trying to get at is just, you know, a lot of these, when, when we're looking at them, we are looking at them strictly from an art perspective. And like I said, if you'll never open them, they, they really might as well be blank paper within them. Right. So yeah. it's not like it's creating more readers. You're creating readers to buy more copies of a comic book, that they already have. And, and, and like you guys said, you know, they already do limited prints, artists do limited prints, this and that. And, and, and that I completely get. And I, and I, I know, but uh, saying that it'd be hard to get collectors to buy into that. 
a couple of years ago, it would have been impossible for someone to agree that you would get someone to a store to buy 500 copies of a comic book to get one of, yep. of another, of another cover or, or vice versa saying store exclusives will never be a thing because people aren't going to buy just from this one comic book store. So it's all about consumer training and that's what they've done. And, and they've had decades of doing that by, first issuing these these alternate covers at same cover price then hey maybe now we're gonna do a one in ten little limited and then it you know kind of grows from there so and i'm not saying that that's where it should go but i'm just saying for all intents and purposes we're we're not reading them with the variant covers on them we're buying multiple copies of the same issue just to have it if it's an important issue to have it say on the label or to just hold it and say this is the cover that is rarer that contains you know, that was part of the first appearance. Right. Um, I mean, it was just, it, I mean, it's just, it's just an interesting thought about what the point and, and how, um, whether or not they add, uh, readership, right. They add collectability, right. They add a collecting aspect to it, but do they add, add a, do they add readers from it? Like, you know, what, what is, and, and I guess kind of like the, the roundabout way that I'm going about this is that it obviously is a money grab and we obviously are paying for it, but what are, you know, and so I guess we have to look at it from a primary and a secondary aspect, you know, from, from a, a distribution level, it might be good because the, all these copies that are being printed are making it uh, worth Marvel and DC's while to continue to make these because if, if print runs were down, to a quarter of what they are, which they very well might without all these store exclusives and ratios and this and that, they might say the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Uh, so there is that from the primary, uh, the primary aspect. Now from the secondary aspect, which we were talking about collectability, value gain, rarity, and this and that, that's, that's a whole, you know, that's the second um, prong of that, if you will. Uh, and it obviously I am extremely pro variant. <laughs> if you, if you've ever seen anything that, well, you're a collector, um, huh? You're a collector more so than a reader. Well, I, I'm, I'm both. Like I'm, you know, the day the the Venom comes out, I'm reading it. But right. conversely, like you said, with with Peach Momoko, uh, and for me, it's like Gerardo Zaffino, David Finch, um, you know, uh, Delato, or you know, depending on the character and the artist, absolutely. Like for example, I've never read Hawkman. In my life, I, I've never read it. That cover is amazing, but the cover is amazing. So I bought it, and I've actually heard fantastic things about that this current Hawkman run, and and how good it is. And I wish I wish I could read it, but I wouldn't go back and buy single single issues. I'd either but, read it online or I'd go and buy a trade paperback, just because I don't want to have thirty issues, single issues of a of a comic book. I'd rather just buy a trade, have it collected bang through them and go on. Um, Wait, to, to, to chime in, I, I did end up ordering the next uh, issue in that series of the Hawkman because Zafina did a cover for that as well. You so still haven't maybe, read it though. You still haven't read it. I, I didn't, but maybe somebody else did. And now they have two issues. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just jumping in at this point in the, in the series and saying, this is great. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's all Hold on. What, one second though, I want I want to go back to to our debate, and I, what I want to hear, I'm interested to hear, uh, Ryan, your 
pros that you had down that I missed. And I want to tell you my cons that I had that you didn't touch on. Oh, that's so a great idea. Have- yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, my pros, I've, I pretty much have established what my pros probably would have been is that it increases and makes the juice worth the squeeze. And a lot of what I was going to say was very along uh, the same lines as you, as you, that, um, that it increases collectability and hobby. And I think it creates, and uh, so uh, uh, an angle that I was going to, or an approach I was going to take is that, um, and you, you kind of, you kind of used it. My three, the, the three prongs. Yeah. <laughs> I heard yeah. I was like, Full disclosure, Ryan and I have, have discussed this I, this concept before, and I, I pretty much poached that for him. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> All right. So, But what we talked about is that there are three prongs to comic books. You have uh, art on the interior. You have uh, you have art on the interior. You have the writing as well on the interior. Then you have the, cover, uh, the collectability, right? So those are the three prongs, the collectability being the third. Um, and you remove one and, and the prong can no longer stand and it doesn't matter which one you pull. It's like Jenga. It's going to tumble because you get rid of the writing. You're going to lose, uh, the story that is in there. You lose the art and now you just have a book with a nice cover. You get rid of the collectability by removing the variants. And now you just have uh, a picture book, right? So that's, that's, and so the, the pro that I was going to go for and why variants matter uh, in, in the collecting community is much like Barnes and Noble. If I want to go to a store and grab a book, it doesn't matter whether it's fiction, nonfiction or otherwise, I'm buying it because there's a cover, there's a book and you want to read it and you get it and you go, right? There's no collectability or desirability within traditional book buying minus, and with the exception of, uh, first edition, prints right that's where your 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 copies will become very valuable but if i want to walk in and buy a, a book and it just has a cover on it i'm like all right cool this is what i want to read you know it has a cool cover on it i like this cover but now if you start implementing a couple different covers of that same book i might go oh dang like okay which one do i want oh there's only one of these it's a little bit more okay i'm going to buy this one and so you add that that because you know what human a humanistic flaw that is a flaw within all humans is a desire to be number one and to be the um, the alpha the one that has like there's a reason why someone will pay twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars for a nine point eight of a silver age comic versus a versus six hundred dollars for a lower grade same comic right same comic just a little bit better of a condition and they're willing to do that because they want that, that alpha status. And that's what that is. And, and it variants feed upon that humanistic tendency to want to be the best and to want to always have something that someone else doesn't have. And that that's, that's just, that's just a human flaw. That's why we have Lamborghinis. That's why we have diamond rings. That's why we have baseball cars worth millions of dollars. That's why we have, um, anything that's worth anything else because they all do the same thing. It doesn't matter the car. It still goes from point A to point B. We, it, whether a ring is a diamond ring is real or not, you won't be able to tell unless you have a loop that you can put in your eye and look at it and make sure that it is real. But the fact that it possibly could be real and that it is more than what your uh, someone else may have, 
makes it desirable. And then I think that's something that is just a, a humanistic quality um, that is being uh, utilized. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was going to go with it. Yeah. So th those are all really fantastic points. And, and definitely, I, I think the three prong idea is, is a pretty central thesis for collecting. And I will say that, you know, I have, I have followed some books and some books that do end up doing you know, rare variants with special cover art in our releases end up going up in value as if you were looking at a, a comic book. So definitely when you add those two things to the book collecting, you get the same effect as you do in the garment industry. So I, I was going to really focus. I, I had the, basically the same statistics, which I was going to shed in a negative light. That's, that's what I, when I heard you say that. I was like, Oh my God, this is actually quite proving my point. So I'm, I'm surprised he's, I'm surprised he's like the nine covers per issue is like, who, wait, hold, do you know what side you're on? Right. Well, in one aspect I was, I was thinking that shows that demand is there, that people want the covers. So the creators are answering and they're providing those covers. Okay. So I was thinking you could spend it in that angle. The other angle is, as I mentioned, sustainability. And I think right now what we're trying to, what we're starting to see with Venom 25 and 26 is a little bit of variant burnout. And so I was really going to focus on the burnout factor and the sustainability factor. And while I touted that there are probably some ratio incentives and some store exclusives that are a lot valuable, you know, 10, 15 times more valuable than the day you, they were released. Um, you know, my favorite, which I, I picked up another copy recently, that Venom 7 crane variant from Frankie's. Like, that's a classic example. People look at that and you're like, oh, my gosh, this book cost $40 when it was released. I can't touch it from anywhere south of 200 right now. So that could that could be me. You know, 99% of the time, and I saw somebody comment about this on Facebook earlier, 99% of the time, those ratio incentive variants will not be worth what they are in two to three weeks afterwards. The 1% of the time is the one that all of us alphas are after. We want that, that ability to say, look, I snagged this when it came out. I have the, the one that got away from you guys, and now it's worth five, 10 times the, the value of all the other ones. But people aren't adding up how much they're spending on these, on these incentives or the ratios. And so I think what that may lead to is burnout. And people, I, I talked about enjoyment in the hobby. It's one thing to say, I, have, I got all these variants. I'm super stoked that I picked up. Five variants. I got all my favorite artists. I got these these crazy ratio incentives. Another, when you look back a week later and you see all those variants that you spent, let's say a hundred dollars on, be worth twenty five dollars. And now you just got burned, and you're not very feeling very well as a as a consumer, and not feeling very well as a as a hobbyist. And so, people that may be just entering into the the hobby, and let's say we're, we're just entering into variants. Uh, are going to get burned and then they're either going to stop collecting or they're not going to buy any more of those ratios. And so I think we're, we're going to see an equalization of the market coming up. Uh, maybe, maybe we're seeing overcorrection right now because we had COVID shut down and, and now we have more variants. Uh, people trying to make up ground from what they missed out on during COVID. Uh, but then I, I, and I think that the demand is there because we haven't had new comic books. So people are eating it up. But I think we're in, we're in turn for in time for a market correction, and we're going to see uh, people getting a little a little frustrated. And, and I think one of the things personally now to kind of delve into it is that 
uh, it's a new trend because I don't think that this used to be a thing, but seeing that, that store exclusives as virgin covers of a ratio incentive variant, which I already, let's say I pre-ordered the ratio variant. And then which next- one's the, Which one's the ratio that's gonna be the virgin? So here's <laughs> an example would be the Jenica uh, one for 10 peach Momoko variant that ended up being a store exclusive as a virgin cover. Uh, mm -hmm. And also the Venom 26 Kirkham cover that, that, or no, it's the Venom 25 second print art which is now going to be a Venom 26 store exclusive art. So now you've already lost the, now you're, you've already lost that art component and now you're just focusing on collectability. So right. I've never. That's, that's, they've done that before though. I and mean, this isn't the first time because they had that on, on Venom 19, I believe it was with that Mary Jane, that really cool Mary Jane variant for Venom where it was like the Mary Jane Venom cover. That was a regular price variant. And then, there was a uh, a store exclusive that was a version of that, the exact same cover, just no trade dress. So yeah, I mean, it is. You're right. It is a trend that started, I think, back on 19, but now you're seeing it again uh, with that. Hey, quick! Hey, all right, let's see. Legal burning. So, as collectors, buyers, do you gents snag a variant for resale mostly, or for the love of the artist and the characters? Uh, and, and Martin, before uh, the three of us dive into it, uh, Martin says that for mostly for the love of the of art and book, but if I know the resale demand is there, I'll get it one for me, one to sell. Um, I think yeah. I think I'd actually like to let Taj speak on this uh, more so than myself. So, well, well, Martin, I'm not going to let you hang out there by yourself. I, I think that I do that, and I think that probably a lot of people in this hobby do that as well. And personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, it, it, I was joking with Ryan the other day. It makes my wife happy if I make this uh, a, a net neutral uh, hobby that I'm in. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if I know that if I'm picking up a cover because of its art and its collectability, uh, again, usually it'll be an artist that I follow. So I know that the demand or the interest is there. Then, yeah, I'll usually pick up two covers of it, two copies of it, knowing that it, if it hits, then I... I can pay i can pretty much make the money back and have a free copy of the variant i know you know you can perceive this in any way but I, i'm being honest with it with the community and i think a lot of people do do this um and if it doesn't big deal i'm, I'm stuck with two copies of the of a, a really nice cover that i like i'll probably i collect with a, my uncle and a group of friends i'll probably be like hey do you want this cover if not i'll just give it to them or something like that so uh I think that that that's you know strategic. You're playing the hobby. A lot of us are in it for multiple reasons. All three of those pegs, and if you can um, make the the value there, and uh, also be able to, to get the nice cover that you wanted, then then yeah, that's a strategy that that I've employed before. Yeah, and I'm not gonna throw I'm not gonna throw Taj under the bus on this one. I think I think it's a pretty common yeah. thing that you want to try and make the. Uh, you want to try and make comic book collecting kind of pay for itself, and you do that through these things. I think the the fine line is what your primary motivation for doing it is. I think if you, then that's where we kind of get into these uh, subsections of speculators, flippers versus collectors who are selling to help profit the uh, you know continue profiting the the hobby for them to keep in it. 
um, because we all have financial constraints. And so we have to try and, and uh, you know, enlarge those, those areas for us by, you know, selling some books that we may be able to get at a good price that may have spiked. And then we use that money to reinvest. And so that I, I mean, I did that as well, or, uh, what I do primarily more than anything, um, without having resale in mind is that if there is a comic book cover that I personally really love, I will buy maybe three or four copies. And then with the hopes that one of them would grade out to a 9.8, or if I decide to have it graded. And then if more than that uh, gets graded, then I would sell those remainder copies um, either to offset my costs, or if it's gone up in value, then it would, it would be a nice little bonus to reduce my, uh, my in, in cost. but it's not with a resale or retail mind, um, mindset. It's just because I really wanted it. I happen to get extras and therefore I put it back at the community. And if you look at the prices that I personally list my stuff at, I will almost always make it as uh, my cost unless the value of the book has gone up exponentially. Like I have a Venom 7 crane that I found in, in a box recently that I'm going to be selling. And as much as I'd love to offer that at what I paid for it, the value for it has gone up so exponentially that uh, it would be it would be foolish, right? It'd be foolish to take a you know 70% cut on it, right? To sell it at what I bought it for if the value has the value floor has reset at a higher level. Um, I mean, you can, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you the amount of, the amount of messages I've received has been uh, extremely uh, welcoming, but I now <laughs> have to make sure that I give everyone a fair chance to, to acquire it, which I actually will plug Ryan's comics on Instagram. If you follow it, that's where I'm going to be posting all those books for sale. So it's a nice little neat uh, little area for people to uh, to get them. And I, and I promise, I have a lot of books that I bought recently from uh, stores that the, the books have gone up in value, but maybe not too much. So I'm just going to be selling them at my cost. Again, it's not to be making money. I and, and Taj will probably agree with me on this. Like you said, it's a net neutral. Uh, not taking a loss is is also a win, right? So a lot of these books, a lot of them lose value not getting your money back and getting out sometimes is a victory living in las vegas sometimes getting your money back from the table is a victory sometimes you've been there for a couple hours but you just want to make sure you didn't lose your shirt um and so good as gold my two cents variants are only worth it if the book is also at least a minor key that's, you know, okay. And you know what? I love uh, Doyle and Taj. I'm, I'm going to set this one out because I, I've been commandeering a lot of the chat, but you know what? I'm going to leave this up for a second. Um, I think that this is a, a, a great point uh, because Iron Dad Clad, com Jesus, Iron Dad Comic Clad, there it is, my uh, my tongue twister. What's up, buddy? Uh, and, and, and this is the question I'm going to spin off of this. Good as gold. Great question. Thank you so much for one, watching, and number two, for, for your question. Um, Variants are only worth it if the book is also at least a minor key. And with that, we're I'm going to keep it with Venom 7 Crane. Venom 7 Crane not being the first cameo appearance of Dylan Brock, does it still hit the values that it's at today? No. 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 I don't think okay, so. Okay, well, that was a simple answer. Okay. Well, no, that no. – but, uh, but then yeah, maybe – I, I can see why. I can see why it's going up, and I'm sure we could all agree on the same same premise, but – it doesn't yeah there's it's for it to go that high i mean that's it's a it's a stretch 
I mean, and, and for me, that's for me just getting into this about a year now. So I'm seeing this and like the same thing with um, uh, Ultimate uh, Fallout 4. Like out of nowhere, it went from $30 to $1,200. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, like that's that's FOMO for sure. Like that's there's no other thing but that. There's no reason for that book to skyrocket just because of a video game trailer. Like that doesn't make sense in my so, eyes. Ta- so Taj, you know, and, and good as gold, continue to chime in with us as as you have uh, thoughts both in agreement or disagreement. And I'm going to spin off that because going back to our our discussion earlier, you mentioned Venom Seven Crane, uh, and you mentioned the art. But nowhere did you mention that it was a first cameo. So for no, you, it, it had nothing to do with the first cameo. It was purely yeah, about the art. So it, I, I'm going to kind of take you to task on that one. <laughs> so I will say that there's two other covers that he did around the same time, and that's why I was trying to pull pull them up. Mm. The Thanos Legacy one. I know. I wish I can. I don't have the control of it right there. Oh. <laughs> but also the Silver Surfer one that all had the same kind of color scheme. I, I love those. I love all three of those covers. I have all three versions. I have them all signed. Uh, are which ones are the most valuable? The one that's the minor key. The Thanos Legacy one you could probably get for maybe a hundred bucks as a as a virgin uh, signature series book. I, I mean, I still have it in my collection. I'm glad that I, I spent the money on it. I love the cover art, but the the as you're saying that recipe for for a, a big book is going to be all of those different components, right? That, that it's a, a minor or a major key, the cover art, all those different pieces, right? I mean, the three legs of the chair. Now, okay, uh, continuing off of this, and I think this, this is a great, this is fantastic because good as gold, your two cents. And again, I, I, and I think we're all in agreement here. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with you. Uh, variants are only worth it if the book is also at least a minor key. Now we're talking about valuation and valuation increase, right? And we're talking about like the Venom 7 crane, uh, which is, I mean, it's pretty low hanging fruit because it's just so desirable and it is just so cool. But what about print run? Because we, we leave that factor out that it, it's also a, a variant plus print run because uh, for example, my uh, my love, I love the Venom 2012 one in 50 ratios, right? The Venom variant month where each month or each uh, issue had a, a cover of Venomized variant, right? So you had Amazing Spider-Man, Journey into Mystery, Uncanny X-Force, blah, 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 blah. None of them are minor keys. Not a single one of them is like, it says first appearance of blah, blah, blah. But you cannot find one in a, in, in a, in a high grade especially some of them, some of them are, go for, you know, a couple thousand in a, in a high grade. Oh. And that has to do with just sheer rarity. So, and that's, that's so good as gold. I'd love, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because is it just at least a minor key or is there also a rarity to it? Because um, I think maybe, maybe there's room for both. Yeah. And, and I think that you, you touch on something too, but the, the industry and the hobby has changed, right? So the reason that you can't find them in, in high grade is because I think that the, the push for getting things graded when they're getting released is more of a recent, I mean, again, I've, I've only been back in this for, for a little bit now, like actively collecting. So I, I wasn't collecting in 2013. I, I don't think a lot of people were, that's why there's a, there are lower print runs for that. Um, 
but that's why it's harder to find a book that's 2013 that's a 9.8 because people weren't grading them when they're coming off the presses and pressing them and, and pre-screening them and sending them in. So you have even more rarity than just the print run, but the high grade factor, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to be hard pressed to find a one for 50. And then you're going to be hard pressed to find one that that was a, a good condition one that's going to grade out if it's not already graded. Even if it wasn't a great condition, it still has tremendous value just because of its sheer rarity. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and also good as gold. Our opinions change. What was considered gorgeous five years ago is mediocre now. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I that's guess, a yes, big no, like, Yeah, I guess that that's, I mean, we were talking about this too earlier between the between all of us is that the, the common answer is it always depends because I'm staring at right now on my wall, I have a whole bunch of uh, the Moon Knight Volume 1 run, the Bill Sienkiewicz run. And to me, those are some of the most beautiful pieces uh, of art. And they're to me, I, I, I love them. Um, and so, I mean, maybe, maybe not necessarily our opinions, but maybe art artists that were the flavor, uh, I think maybe might, might be, um, you know, over time you can see some artists will have their peaks and valleys, but um, you know, Sienkiewicz, anything that Sienkiewicz has done, I'm especially his, his early moon night stuff. I think if we look at like, um, Neil Adams, Batman. I think a lot of that has had some true staying power, but um, yeah, you know, it's well. And then so Mark Spector, oh, Moon Knight, and look at that. With that, I call yeah. on Moon Knight, and the fist of Konshu appears. Uh, yep, look at Peach Momoko art now. It's super hot in six months. It'll be the next artist. And I, you know, I I personally love. Am I doing it again? No, you're good. Okay, yeah. I thought I heard some glitching. But yeah, um, you know, I love Momoko's art and uh, you know, but I, I do have I do feel that I now see Momoko's art on every single issue for every single cover that's coming out. I'm seeing Thor covers, I'm seeing, you know, indie covers, I'm seeing DC covers, I'm seeing store exclusives, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it everywhere. Um, and I think maybe what we talked about was about the rarity, is that also the artist needs to have rarity. Right. Like if, if an artist is on everything, it does. I mean, I do feel it does lose some luster. I think one of the things that makes Gerardo Zaffino so desirable is that it's very rare that you're going to find him on a uh, cover price art uh, cover. Yeah. We're all Almost getting every stuff. And it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with peach, right? It, it has nothing to oh, do with yeah. peach or her art. Like right now. Yeah, right and, and that's and, and and so I want to make sure that no one's saying that 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 anything is is negative up against Peach, yeah. uh, you know Momoko is that like I I love I love her art I think it's a very refreshing take and a, and a stylistic change, but I think as with anything you make it too available and you are going to you're going to have some some luster uh, you know kind of kind of fade but I mean I I don't know what other other people's thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, too. I mean, I've been buying her her covers well before it was the you know the invoke thing. Uh, but yeah, now now when you're seeing every, I mean, she's had I mean, good for her. Like I'm I'm glad that she's getting recognition now. Yeah, she, you know, she has like eight exclusives within the last couple months. Like that's phenomenal for her. But uh, yeah, yeah, before it was a bunch of indie books and the Ghost Spider two that. I missed out on 
tier. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and so, yeah, that's, I think that's a good example, but going back to the art. Yeah. I mean, we, you, Brian, you and I have very similar tastes in art and some of those artists, their art has changed. I mean, uh, look at Sigwitz's art over the last, from the Electra series and the earlier Moon Knight stuff to now it's a, it's completely different art. He's changed with the times and I love it all. Uh, McFarland's the same way, Neil Adams, as you stated. So these artists that have been around, they, their art has evolved. And I can go back and look at their art from the 70s and 80s and be like, that's some awesome stuff, right? <laughs> like, I want to see more of that. Uh, and you and I, we've talked about the earlier Crane stuff not getting the recognition that it deserved. I mean, Absolutely. go back to those uh, Venom and Carnage covers from 2013, and you're like, this stuff is unbelievable. Like, where was everybody you know, sleeping on, on this stuff, but yeah. Yeah. And, and good as gold made a point about, uh, some of the entire blackest night has variants, some rare and they are worthless. And I think that's something that is hit and miss with the community is that, uh, it's also, I think rarity is a double-edged sword. And I've talked about this too, is that a, a book may actually become very valuable, but people don't know about it because it is rare, right? It, it is like, how, how is something that is rare also known? And, and it has to be something that if it's not constantly being shown or being, a, you know, that everyone talks about, it'll kind of fly under the radar. I think it also is very character dependent. I think you will, I, I don't think you will find anywhere near the same level of covers for a comic book that you're seeing for Venom right now. And I think it has primarily to do um, with Venom being a, a hot property that Venom collectors yearn and want and, and are very, are, they will devour any cover thrown at them. It doesn't matter because Venom collectors are hardcore. You do not see the same amount. You don't see a nine cover average for a, a, a comic book run for Captain America, for even Thor right now, for Guardians, for Iron Man. It doesn't matter. Right now, Venom is the hottest property in comic books, and, it, it, and, and so they're capitalizing on it. And I don't think um, – and so I think that, that that also has to do with it, right? It has to be a character that is desirable. If the character is not desirable, I don't care if there's only one copy of it. It's not going to be worth anything. Right. And, and, you know, we saw that. I think we saw that today. Like, I saw the same dichotomy in people's discussions when the Bagley 1 for 50 was announced for Venom 26 today. Uh, there was the initial, like, another variant cover for, the, for this comic book. And then uh, everybody was uh, everybody came back and said, "Yeah, but I'm getting it, you know." Yeah, <laughs> I got one. Well, hold on, before Joe, before you jump in, I just want to say that that Bagley, that Venom 26 Bagley, was actually not supposed to be for that issue. It was actually supposed to be the Scream Curse of Carnage number six ratio variant, but because Marvel moved that uh, that series to a digital only they uh they moved that cover to venom so it was that that cover was was not actually supposed to be on venom that that bagley 150 huh from 1996 oh you're talking about venom 25 i'm sorry I'm, i no, thought we were no, now uh, one of the other cover comments was everybody saw that cover and was i mean it's it's incongruous and that's another thing with the cover art sometimes it has nothing to do with with what's going on in the series at the time and people looked at it and said like yeah, it looks great. It looks like something I bought in the nineties. And then they're like, yeah, it's great. It reminds me of my childhood. I'm buying it. So yeah. no matter what negative comments or whatever people were throwing out, you're like, I'm still buying it. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Joe, what were you going to say? Sorry, I just wanted to throw No, I was going to say there. I bought a set of that today. Of which one? The uh, 26, the Bagley. Oh, the, the 1 in 50? Yeah. I, you know, is that because you're a Venom collector? Is that because you want to open it and read it as Taz suggested you might do? <laughs> While I'm eating Cheetos. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, Hold like, up, put it in your back pocket. I, the main, like, I didn't even think twice about it. I literally saw it and said, I'm buying it just because I love the art. I, I just literally love the art. And like I said, I'm not reading it. Don't care yet because I want to get it in like a whole, you know, omnibus or, or trade back, whatever. But right now I'm buying it because I don't I don't want it to get to the point because I really do like it. What if it's like ends up being uh, Venom number seven where it gets to the point where I don't have it. And I'm like, I missed out. I'm probably not going to get this, especially at a high range. I like my books and good grades. So you know, and I don't get them all graded. I just like to have them in, in good and, you know, in my books or in my boxes. So but right now I'm feeling so burnt out with the variants that I, I'm like throwing my hands like, I, I don't even care. I'm yeah. not going to buy it. Yeah. It goes, then whatever. Well, I missed it. You know, well, I didn't buy any other 26s. That's literally the only 26 I have. But I jumped yeah. on it just because I, I really, really like the cover. I've seen yeah. more store exclusives for 26 than I've seen. Yep. Even what the covers are for 26 by Marvel. Uh, good is gold. Covers out now. Uh, covers now outprice good stories. It is unfortunate. And that kind of goes back to my, my theory about just make them prints. What do, I mean, you're not going to read them. So we might as well just make them flat prints that are still ratios. Because it. I feel like it doesn't matter what the interior is. It's not about that. It's about. It's solely about the rarity of it. And if they say there's only 500 of these prints out here that's tied to this issue... I mean, I, I I guarantee consumers can be can be behaviorally changed and and can and you know groomed, um, but you know what what's interesting is, and you know you talked about this and 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 Taj it was um, I, I think this kind of goes to the con aspect of things. And again, if you if you know anyone that collects variants, it's probably going to be me. And so for me to actually be this con centric is actually pretty impressive that that I am, but. Um, we the problem with i feel that variants are starting to create is not just fomo but it's training us to buy immediately because it could be the next thing right and that's that's what it's training us to do is that i don't want to miss the next venom 7 i don't want to miss miss the next venom 9 and and so i guess it's not necessarily fomo because i feel like fomo is a um FOMO is a, a post, right? It, it, FOMO is not a pre because we're, uh, um, a FOMO is like you're, you're missing out on something that's blowing up that is has left the train. What we're doing is pre-FOMOing where we're like, I'm so worried about missing the train that I'm going to buy it just so that way I don't miss the train. And if I if it turns out to be nothing, I've almost you know hedged that bet, but we end up spending more. And so that's something that I'm, I'm finding very interesting about all this is that we are pre-FOMOing ourselves so that way we don't get caught up in FOMO. And here's the other thing too is that we are also at the whims and discretions of the writers and of, of the publisher, which you know it could absolutely be a new character and people could go absolutely nuts on it. But then five, ten issues later, they're, they're killed off and they were just only supposed to be there for an arc. Yet you've you've invested several hundred dollars because you're worried 
this is gonna be the next big character and so now we're we're making these these gambles or these risks uh in solely in the name of making sure that we don't have fomo by having fomo before fomo and and i i think another point too with your your comment about the storyline there there's a lot of hardliners that absolutely hate variants right i mean they yeah they think the worst thing that happened to the comic book industry and i've heard people comment that you're not even a comic book artist if you've never done an interior page <laughs> i've heard that a lot i've heard that a lot recently as well and and i both agree and disagree with that but i i do hear what they're saying because a lot of them are not sequ- i guess you know sequential art artists but i think um I, I don't know i i don't i don't think i'm not an artist in any way or any respect to be able to to speak on that but i think you're right i think um like you were saying it, it's 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 seemingly like no one cares about the story so far no one has really talked about venom 25 other than we have to get this because this story is saying it's the first solo cover appearance of this character who we don't even know the character's name yet we don't know what the purpose of this character is whether it's gonna be a good character whether it's gonna be a long-lasting character but people are paying over a hundred dollars for for 9.8 graded copies for a cover that we don't want why yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and that's something that's 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 kind of personally shifting my collecting um ideology and again if you're opposite of mine then you know more power to you but you would be actually better off financially not buying a single cover waiting for one that spikes or one that ends up having the best value retention buying in as it's starting to spike and you would actually be you would have more money left over because let me tell you for every venom seven crane that I've bought, I've bought seven others that are ending up as mystery box fodder, you know, filler. And, um, and, and I think, uh, you know, good as gold. And a lot of other people have said is that it, it is detracting from the story. We're, we're not talking about Stegman's amazing interior art anymore. We're not talking about Kate's amazing writing. It's, I guess it's maybe an understood value, but when Venom first came out a couple of years ago, it was all about how good the writing was, like how how much depth and meat and and uh, how much there was to this character that was otherwise treated as a surface level character that was you know anti hero that could only go three or five issues before it gets rebooted, and and now it's no longer about that. It's now saying okay, you know, let's all let's all play on Noel, let's all play on Dylan, let's all play on Sleeper, let's all play on this, this, and this. But really, if you look at it, a comic book does not find its true value floor for about three to five years after its release. And I, you know, some of the ones I've t- I've been looking at have been um, I've seen comic books sell for five hundred dollars for a nine point eight when it first came out, and now a couple years later, you can't even sell them for two hundred and fifty. Right. Like you, you wouldn't be able to do that, and that's why I think, and that might be part of the burnout, right? Both like just cover fatigue but also a financial burden that like you're buying you're literally buying something that's that won't that won't be worth it right. soon thereafter I think, uh, along with that and, and again this is something where you, i don't have the historical knowledge but the Uh-oh. whole tosh put oh, himself in timeout oh there he is my back yeah 
So the the whole debate about the the first cover appearances is this is this a new fad or is this something we've been doing all along and debating whether store exclusives count as first cover appearances and arguing when first cover appearances are and second prints release dates versus this and that I mean what what are we doing You know what and, and before you continue on we're talking about people pre-ordering and and going nuts on this new character uh that we don't even know when venom 10 actually had a store exclusive that had the first cover appearance of dylan that no one has said a dang word about like where where's the venom 10 store exclusive that that has the cover of dylan on it and no one cares but now all of a sudden it matters but how come there's not do you know what i'm saying and um yeah i i i, I don't know where this has come from uh, but it's not sustainable. And, and honestly, we, Taj, you were talking about the second print. Marvel has been doing this for a while, and I'm actually surprised that myself, you, and, and pretty much the rest of the community has not caught on to Marvel putting char new character first yeah. appearances on these second print covers. Um, you know, Venom First House 3 second print. The Daredevil, I think it was 610 second print. Um, you know, uh, Venom 3 third print uh you know this and that and the other i think it'd actually be more advantageous of marvel to put those exact same covers release them with the first print and make those the ratio variants like that that's i mean you're telling me that a lot of these second printings have and and what makes them super desirable is it like oh this the the venom three venom first host three second print had a circulation copy run of you know 1600 but if I if Marvel if Marvel had said this new character appears and this is the character's new first appearance and it's a one in one hundred, do you know how many stores would increase their orders by a hundred? So many because that that book is going to be extremely valuable, and instead they're throwing it to second print interior page, uh, you know, just second to try and just get some second prints. If they were truly on it and and, and smart about it. They'd put because what makes honestly, if we talk about it, what makes a lot of these comic books valuable and what you see them is like Werewolf by Night 32, first appearance of, of Moon Knight, Moon Knight's on the cover, right? Hulk 181, you see Wolverine on it, regardless of what happened in in 180, right? But it, it, it is something about how and, and that's something that Marvel used to do, introducing the you know, Spider-Man on the cover. Fantastic Four, you know, like all these things, they would, they, the reason they would sell them is because they put these new characters on the cover and say, Hey, new character, get this. They're right. not doing that anymore. And I, and that's something that if they really wanted to capitalize and, and really market it, put a character on, uh, on its first appearance and make it a one in one in 100, you will see that print run skyrocket. So go ahead. Uh, that's a great point. One, it, it made me think of something that we haven't addressed yet. And it, it, it came because I, you know, I'm a member of some of the, these Facebook groups that has a lot of, uh, junior people just starting out and collecting. And I started to notice that we take for granted our knowledge of the industry that we have. And there's a lot of confusion about ratio variants and store exclusives. So Ryan, can you articulate briefly the interplay between order numbers for store exclusives and how that ties into 
the, the print runs or the availability of ratio uh, variants. Yeah, I think store exclusive absolutely will, they, they dilute even more so your ratio variants because for every store exclusive cover A, they have to order 3,000 copies. For every cover B of a store exclusive, they have to order 1,500. And for every store exclusive cover C, they have to order 1,000. Now, however many copies the store decides to sell is up to them, but that's the minimum order that Marvel is it requires. Now, different publishers have different requirements, like IDW, I believe their requirement is only 250 because they are indie and that they do have lower print runs, um, you know, by and large. So if you look at, at scale, it's it'll probably be pretty similar. But when you're looking at ratio variance, anytime a store exclusive is introduced, you're going to increase that that uh that value. So if we have a one in 100 and you have a 3000 print run that's required for cover a, what is that? An additional 30 copies. And then you add another 1500 if they have a cover B, which they almost always do. And then you add a cover C. And so now one store, one store is going to have nearly 50 copies of a one in 100 that otherwise would be incredibly low. Um, that's what will, that's what will depress ratio values. And so for me, I actually did a, uh, an unboxing and I'll tell you guys in here because it, it'll, it'll be up probably in a couple of days, but specifically if we look at it, um, I was debating between a Wolverine number one, one in 100 Jim Lee hidden gem variant and a Wolverine number two, David Finch, one in 100, uh, ratio variant and so they're both one in 100 so they're they're equal on on as far as ratio rarity but and i want to i want them both the same because i both love both covers but i said okay if i only had enough money right now which is the one that i'm going to go with right now that would be the best protected interest for me going forward it was the wolverine number two one in 100 and there's a couple reasons why number one you have the number one print run bump that stores and everyone will will order tons more copies of number one just because it has that number one uh, on it, right? And then number two, he usually sees a huge drop in print run. And you can look at that across any any recent title. Look at it. You'll see. I think Wolverine number one uh, had a 50 to 60% reduction in copies ordered from number one to number two. Similar with Incredible or Immortal Hulk number two versus number one. But also the other thing that you have between those two is store exclusives. Store exclusives were or were available for both uh, Immortal Hulk one and Wolverine one, and so that increases your print run. It also increases your the amount of copies of the one in one hundreds there. So I went with the Wolverine number two one in one hundred David Finch one because I loved it and I wanted it. But number two, there's very few copies available on online right now, and that's solely because it has half the print run and no store exclusives that would increase the the ratios there and so i knew that going forward i don't know that that david finch copy will always be available whereas i'm pretty i'm pretty confident that whether today tomorrow or a few months from now if i want that jim lee one i'll be able to get it right yeah that's I, I think that that's great information for people starting out on the in the hobby not understanding necessarily or not not understanding the impact that store exclusives have on print runs and and the availability and the collectability of those ratio variants so if you're thinking about buying a high ratio variant 
you should take the consideration you just did. Those think about how many store exclusives, what you think the print run is going to be, and if you're trying to weigh two equally favorable covers that you both love and you can only buy one, but you want to have a deal breaker, think about the collectability, add that other component in there. And, you know, good as gold says, you know, but the number one is a very minor key. The two isn't a few years from now that will be, that will still be true. And it, it still might be, but again, you don't know that it's going to be a minor key. It, Cause if it has a first appearance of a character a few years from now, that character might be dead and gone. How many characters have we seen come and go that have been introduced that don't exist anymore, right? So that is something that, again, you're you're hoping and, and may be true. But again, you, you, me, everyone else, we're at the whims of these creators. But also, yes, it may still be a very minor key, but you have a huge print run. That's that's another thing that's going to depress the value of it, right? Like, and again, I'm not doing this as a speculation. I'm not doing this to sell. Like, I'm collecting. And so I bought the number two Finch simply because there's not going to be many of those out there. And I know that the Jim Lee one is going to be out there. So if I have the money now for two copies, I'm going to get the one that I don't know will always be around. Um, and again, this isn't, this isn't about profiting. This isn't about anything like that. It's about access. Uh, and, and also here's the other thing. Good as gold. Uh, I want to talk about, where it lies in the um, ratio variant tree, right? So number two, Wolverine 1 to 100 is the highest ratio there is. The number one, uh, Jim Lee, is not the highest ratio. So if we still make the assumption that it is a minor key and that it is a valuable one, the, the value will have depression uh, pressed upon it because you also have a one in 300, I believe it was the Alex Ross one. And then you also have the one in 500 Jim Lee sketch hidden gem. So you're, you're finding that book is going to be in between those. So that's also going to hurt its ability to, to, you know, value increase because you're going to have two uh, ratios that are above it that are going to be more desirable if it is desirable simply because of a, of a ratio perspective. Um, and so that's, that's something else that I, I tend to look at is, uh, if you look at like one in 500 art germ, absolute carnage one versus one in 100, one in 100 is going for, you know, a fraction where, so, because it, it, it's not the top dog. Yeah. And, and I would argue that maybe number ones are the minor keys now and number twos are the big, are where it's at because look at recently all the all the new characters that were introduced in number two copies and then the mortal hulk 2 is a dr uh, fry appearance. uh the ghost spider 2 was a first appearance edge of the spider verse 2 was a first appearance so those are a lot of number twos that are now huge keys that have not only first appearances going for them but uh low print runs because of the the um what, what you just described and so Iron Dad Comic Clad says, perfect example would be X-Men 1 from the 90s. Sorry, I skipped over the, the Ultimate Fallout 4 comment. We'll, we'll, we'll that, skip Ultimate Fallout 4 for right now. <laughs> I did so, a great video on that one, Sebastian. I'd love for, for you to watch it. Uh, but you know what? And again, oh, man, we could go We could go so tangentially on, on uh, Ultimate Fallout because I think if you look two, three months from now, 
you're going to have a whole different spectrum because I know I, and I don't know, again, if any of you follow me on Instagram, but I posted that someone emailed me after uh, watching one of my, my ultimate fallout Four video and said that he's sending 25 copies of ultimate fallout Four that he has to be pressed and then graded. And if you look at it, the CGC census 50%, uh, you know, it's a roughly 50, 50 split between 9.8 and 9.6 copies. So from one person alone, if we, if we can kind of extrapolate, you know, half and half, say half of his copies go either direction, you're, that guy alone is going to add 12 to 13 copies in both 9.8 and 9.6. And this is just one guy. I've seen so many people out there with just boxes and like 10 copies of this that they're all now sending. And so does it have, will that depress the value? I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't. I don't know. And this goes to collect collection goals, right? If you're going to be in this collectible, if you're going to be in this hobby, you need to have your collection goals and you need to stick to them. And that's something about this is that I love Finch. I love Finch covers. And so I collect Finch covers, but if it was a super rare green lantern cover, I don't care how rare it is or what first appearance or what movie or what's coming out. I'm not touching it. Because if you're going to invest that kind of money in a book, you better love it because if the value goes down and you don't absolutely love the character or it's like just a grail that you've always wanted, then um, then don't you're touch out. it. That You have to stick to your collection goals and that's the only way you're going to protect yourself from these ebbs and flows because all characters and all books go through it. Um, yeah, I, I think hope you told me how to sell them raw and don't bother sending them in. <laughs> He's, 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 and you know what, here's the other thing. He's investing both in pressing of each of these copies and grading. So he's adding, you know, a, a good pressing will cost like 20 bucks roughly. Right. Plus your grading cost. So he's adding per book. He's investing uh, about what 50, 60 bucks per book that 80. he's sending in, you know, to be, depending on what it, So, I mean, he's putting a lot of money in, but for what they're selling for, if they come back, like he'll be good. Assuming that, Assuming that the value's still there, I mean, no, how, no one's talking about null right now. Everything's about miles. Where, where's the mole, the null madness, right? Where's the Jenica madness from Ninja Turtles '95? Where's insert character madness? Um, well, Ryan, what gets me? Sorry to interrupt, but what gets no. me with the Ultimate Four, uh, Fallout Four, is right now it's hot. You know, we, we know the nine point eight, nine point six is about a thousand dollars per comic. You know, slabbed. That's great and all, but what is, you know, for the people who aren't doing fast track or the express, like how long are you going to wait to get those books back? If, if you're getting impressed, first of all, not by anybody else, but by through CGC and then you're getting them slabbed, you're not getting those books back for what you send more books than I do. I get the, you know, the signature series. So I get mine back within a week, but like for you, how long does it take your books to get back for, for an average uh, a month or two? I mean, I'm pretty quick turnaround. If you send it in, it's about, it's about a month. I think Taj. Okay. Say, even so can you agree that within a month month? that these prices could completely, it could be so saturated or everyone's like, you know, it's, it's not worth it that the price could completely drop and, and it's completely change everything just because of the wait time. Yeah. And I think, you know, another, another issue is, 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 it's, it's tough because it's not like stock market where if a value of a, if a stock jumps to a hundred dollars from 70, 
I could sell all 200 shares instantaneously, hit that sell button because there's there's that many people wanting to buy it. If I list 10 ultimate fallout fours at current current prices, it you you know there's 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 not the same. I don't I don't know how to articulate in the right way, but there's only so many people that are going to be willing to spend that kind of money for it, no matter yeah. how much they love the character. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this right now. I love, I love Venom, but if Amazing Spider-Man 300 all of a sudden becomes a five, seven, ten thousand dollar book, I'm focusing on other books right now. It doesn't mean I love Venom any less, but it also means that I have a price limit that I'm willing to spend on this book. Um, and I don't know how many people are willing to drop a thousand dollars for for a book. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And and Sebastian says, sadly, I feel there are enough FOMO individuals to push these books past logical value based on supply demand. And that's another problem is that supply demand is only in this moment. It's a snapshot. If we look a month from now, supply demand will be completely different because supply will be different. People will be looking to capitalize off of, off of, of selling the book right now. And then people are getting their books graded to then put on the market. Um, And that's the nature of it. Right. And so that's, that's kind of like, and, and the FOMO individuals, I, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the sad parts about this, this hobby is that you get bit enough times, you're going to stop you're gonna stop doing it. And I feel like that's why a lot of people, you see a lot of people dip out and then come back after a few years because they get burned out. Like, I don't know how many times I would be good taking a several hundred dollar hit or, you know, over time, it's like death by a thousand cuts, right? Um eventually we all have our breaking point where we're like, you know what? I can't keep up with this craziness. A single tweet from a single person can cause a book to spike and drop. And, and so um, I think we lost Taj there, but uh, it's, it's kind of where, where things are, are going in. And that's kind of like why I like doing these videos is that I like to really talk about things from as, as logical of a perspective as I can. So that way I don't protect, I protect not only, you know, the community's wallets, but also I don't want them to burn out. Like, you know what? It's, it's okay. Stick to your collect, stick to your collecting goals. Because if if they burn out, it affects everybody. It affects everyone pretty soon. Like, I mean, look at, let me tell you this. You're not going to become rich off of, off of this hobby. No, you're not. There's, there are 2000 comic book stores that buy in every week at the cheapest value possible they get directly from the publisher and they're struggling to keep their doors open yeah comic book store owners are not are not living you know lavish lifestyles you know they're they're i talk to a lot of my lcs people and a lot of my friends and you're seeing from the coronavirus just a couple months or a couple weeks shutdown they can't sustain like they're living month to month to try and get these things out yeah, and it, if they're crazy. at the base floor, at the ground floor, and they can't do it, then you know it's. I'm just saying, like, don't don't. When you make this a a, a financial component, it will change. It changes the hobby. It changes it. Make you know you want to collect, and all that, but we we can't make it about you know. Oh, Taj Taj is back. I lost you guys. I'm on my phone now. <laughs> So let's hear. Oh, good as gold. One reason people move to variants is because a person 
that reads 10 titles spends minimally $50 per month and most books become dollar bin fodder. Good as gold. I, I could not agree with you more. Like 60, 70% of books are going to end up dollar bin fodder, right? Like, and that's, and that's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, and so what does that say? Like, so what are, what are we, I mean, and that's something that I've been trying to, to come to terms with is that we buy a book to consume the interior art and the writing. Um, and so we have to assume that we're, we're paying a price for that. We can't always expect to make money off of that. Um, you know, and, and yes, people, and yet, and you know what, that's another interesting, you know, people want something that retains value. What retains value that you consume for entertainment? When you go to a movie, you spend money on, on, on movie tickets, food, popcorn, whatever it is, you'll never get that money back. You but buy a book at Barnes and Noble, you'll never get the money back for that. And so we're make we're putting a, an, a, a requisite on something that it shouldn't be. Like when I go to a hotel and I'm spending a couple hundred dollars a night for a hotel, I'm not going to get my money back from that. It, you're, so just because you're getting something from the comp book doesn't mean it's going it, to, it should retain its value because very few things that are for entertainment consumption retain value, right? And like I go to a sporting game. I get I get value out of it. It's it's intrinsic, maybe in nature. It's you know the enjoyment of the day. But I'm not going to sell my ticket stub or expect my ticket stub will now recoup my costs unless it happens to be Michael Jordan's inaugural game when he was a rookie, right? So why do we place this requisite that the books that we buy we want something that will retain value? Um, um, well, it goes back to what we were talking earlier. Do you do you buy to collect, or do you buy to make money off of? Because if you're buying, like in my in my aspect for collect for art collecting on that aspect, like I said, I saw that one in one or that one fifty um, uh, ratio that we we're talking about the Venom twenty six. I bought it because I loved the art right away. It wasn't. I was getting it because I didn't want it to go away because the price gets so out of hand if it happens to get out of hand because then I won't be able to have it on my wall or my collection. So kind of, so it's kind of one of those. And it, it also goes like we said about the movie theaters, you moved it, but it's more about the experience. You know, it's, it's more like you can go out to the ballpark all day and it's an experience on its own, but going to the movies the first night that Endgame comes out, that's an experience where you could say, Oh, remember going to go see Endgame when it first came out on that Thursday night? How awesome that was. So it really like it, I think it comes down to the individual. And I know this isn't a right or wrong, you know, what, what we're doing here today in the video, but it I, it does go to the individual. And I guess it's more what's right with the individual, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, again, good as gold saying, I spend $15 for Netflix and get hours of enjoyment. I read a book on the John for five minutes. Now I think you have to extrapolate <laughs> that over time, right? Like if that's the case, buy a trade paperback every six months for, you know, 15 bucks and you'll get longer enjoyment out of it because you have to assume five minutes per issue, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then again, 
then if that if that's the case, if you're not getting the same value out of it that you're getting out of Netflix, maybe comics aren't aren't something that you're you should be in. Because if you're only getting five minutes of enjoyment out of it, yeah. is it something that's that's worth it? Um, yeah. Because for me, getting part a piece of that story that continues it and gives you a lot of things to talk about, it is worth it, right? And you know, I'm I'm glad that I read it and I'm glad that I have it, irrespective of whether or not I should be able to profit from it. And and again, it's not about a price per minute of enjoyment. Uh, and and I don't think that's a a way that that should be looked at. Um, maybe if that's, if that's, you know, you know, again, that's just my, my personal perspective and an opinion on it. Um, I, and you know what, if you, if you get five minutes of enjoyment out of reading that book on the John for, for, for that little moment, you'll get even less time of enjoyment by spending more on a variant. You're, you're paying 20, 30, 50, hundred bucks. You're not even enjoying, you're staring at it. You yeah. can still stare at that cover a for a fraction of the price, even if it, so here's the thing. You will spend three, four dollars for a cover A, and if it loses sixty percent of its value, you've only lost two dollars. If you buy a twenty dollars variant and it's only worth ten dollars a few months from now, you've lost ten more dollars, and you didn't even enjoy it because it was a cover that you just looked at. So again, I think that's not something that is equitable, and I don't think you can create a, a price, time, you know, thing like that. Um, and exactly, and you know, like, and as Martin says, you're talking about comics as an experience, which as collectors, why we love reading it, the story, you know. Whereas flippers strictly see it as a material commodity. And again, um, and that's what's so great about this debate. It, it, it's something that is, and that's why we chose it for this first episode. It's, it's one that we want to, um, it's something that we want to, we want to bring to light. And, and again, I think good as gold, Martin, Iron Dad, everyone who has been in here and, and brought a point of view, because we all have point of views that we all look at and we see things differently but I want to create a space where we can talk about them, where we talk about them articulately, respectfully, and we actually listen to what a person says and we digest it and then we can we can discuss it. I feel like a lot of times now where people are very quick to be dismissive, they become debasing, they become character attacking, and it makes it for a very unhealthy atmosphere. And so what Taj and, and Doyle and, and, and myself, we want to create a space very much like what used to be called salons in the French 1800s where people would gather to talk philosophy and they would talk to enhance their knowledge and their understanding of something. And that's why, that's why we're doing this. And so good as gold, Martin, Iron Dad, you know, everyone else, even if you're watching this after the fact, and if you are watching it this, this late into it, thank you so very much. But, um, I, we want this. We, I, my opinion is not right. Taj's and Doyle's opinion is not right. Good as gold's Martin's is not right, but they are a side of the coin that is, that makes up for a perspective that, you know, we can all learn something from and pull something from, because I think everyone has made good and valid points. Um, and I think Ryan, to, to tag off that, I totally agree with um, it, it is, it is an individual thing, you know, and, some people will have got into this. Like for me, we became friends back a year ago. I didn't really know what to do. You kind of coached me on what to, and how to collect and what to collect, you know, because I, like I told you whatever, and we formulated kind of like a game plan because I had no idea. Now that I kind of ran with that and I've run with it now, you know, hearing all these different sides of view or points of views from different people in the community, I now have, you know, I have a pretty solid base of what I'm buying, what, 
I like, what I'm looking for, and, and what I like to hunt and what not to hunt. And I feel if you don't have these conversations, the community, you don't get involved. And that's like with any community, you can go ham and just blow money. And then at the end of the day, you get fatigue and then you don't want to be in it. And then it's like you kind of wasted a good portion of something that could have been really beneficial and really fun. You know, so it's 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 very beneficial to every individual in this community and in this hobby to to talk with people, you know, and what you're doing is fantastic because you're getting the word out there like, hey, you know, there is no right or wrong, but have an open mind because there may be something there that that you may fit in that category. Like I said, I don't read. I go for the art. So I'm in this slot. You do both. So you're in that slot. So it, it is it's to your benefit to talk to people in the hobby and to, you know, talk to your local comic book stores, you know? Absolutely. And OC, you just Jesus, OC. Uh OC just jumps in, but you know what? You're gonna have to start from the beginning. We're 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 getting towards the tail end of this. Taj, it's late over there. Uh I have uh some some stuff I have to do family wise, so I have to get going as well. So I'd like to kind of just wrap it up. If anyone has any final uh comments that they'd like to say, uh good as gold, Sebastian Martin, OC, Iron Dad, anyone who's still here, if you have any final things, you know, please go ahead and, and put those comments down. And I'd like to give uh, a final word to both Taj and Doyle. Uh, it's something that you'd like to just kind of sum up and, and, and kind of end it. Yeah. So I just want to say, you know, thanks again for, for having me on. I love the, the discussion and the debate. Uh, I think this is a, a great format, as you noted, to talk about these things in a, a good environment, an open environment. We can uh, all be honest here and uh, not, not worry about that. And I think that, you know, randomizing what side is, is going to show that we're not particularly biased one way or the other, but it, it, it also leads into some really interesting discussion. And I think that uh, it's something that's essential to the society right now. You, you, the whole idea about debate is you have to think about both sides and you have to put yourself in the other person's perspective. And doing that in, in this instance is, is fun for, for discussing the topics, but also a good uh, model for life, you know, always thinking about both sides of the debate, so to speak. Yeah. If you yeah. can't see both sides of the coin, you can't see the coin. There is no coin. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're getting to philosophy. Yes. Um, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on here. It was kind of uh, the, the third wheel at first, but no, definitely um, good discussion for sure. Very good topic. I think it, uh, I think it'll help people kind of people watching this now and, and, you know, future, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways of collecting. Don't be dumb. Open your eyes, you know, read a little bit about, uh, the collect, about the hobby. It's, um, it's important because if not, you'll just go broke and, and you won't know why you're doing it. The, the why is always important. You yeah. Know, the why, yeah. I mean, I think that's we my all... philosophy. If you don't know the why, then you're, you're not doing that right. Well, you know what? I'd like to say thank you so much again. If if you if you have an opinion that differs from ours, please do not feel afraid to to put it up in the comments because um, I want everyone to know that whatever your opinion is, as long as it's articulated in a respectful and cogent and coherent manner, uh, we would love to hear it. Uh, you know, and and I love you know put put us on our toes. You know, ask us things, things that you you know we don't know we don't know everything and nor should we right because that, that's not how things work we're continuously learning good as gold i loved all your comments same with martin same with iron dad um yeah, sebastian everything you know i think 
I think this is this is this is what I how I envision the the community and the people that I want to connect with uh, are in here tonight are going to be with us going forward, uh, and they're going. You guys in the comments are going to be educating Taj Doyle and myself just as much as we might be presenting something to you. Uh, and I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised I went as hard I, as I did on the con for variance as I did because, like <laughs> I said, I I'm very variant pro. <laughs> um, but with that, I'd like to say goodnight. I'd like to say thank you to everyone and uh, Taj and Doyle. Thank you so much. I know it's late for you guys. And uh, until next time, guys, be safe and talk to you soon. Yep. Later guys. Later.